On today's episode of Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we welcome in Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley of Locked On Red Wings to talk about the fourth and final matchup of the season between the Cats and the Wings. We talk about the two rookie sensations in Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond. We talk about the state of the rebuild, where the team is at based on whether they want a top five pick or continue to build on what they're building. And we also talk about the status of head coach Jeff Blaschel and what he, what the future could look like there. All on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On Detroit Red Wings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Detroit Red Wings podcast your first listen of the day. For everyone on the Detroit Red Wings feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez. I'm from pantherparkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thankful to also be doing yet another crossover with some hosts of the Locked On Podcast Network. This time we have uh, the guys from Locked On Red Wings, um, uh, Scotty Bentley and Brian Fisher. How are you guys? Doing good. Just got off of work. For once, we're actually recording with the sun up. Uh, Our listeners have gotten very accustomed to seeing nothing but pitch black behind me here. So it's nice to get an early recording ahead of this, uh, the final Panthers matchup but, uh, with the Detroit Red Wings this yeah. season. This is yeah, literally the earliest we have recorded a show, and I couldn't even tell you how long. And it's not like, oh, like by an hour, like it's com- <laughs> like hours uh, earlier. Scotty, do you think anyone's going to uh, message us during this recording? Yeah, yeah. That's actually another thing. The last two shows in a row, someone has added us on Twitter, like specifically adding us on Twitter mid-recording for two games in a row. So we'll see if that continues here. We're throwing a curveball by recording earlier. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a little test. But yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, my my notifications are off when it comes to uh, Twitter. Um, So I never never get them. um, I never get the notifications. Smart play. Whenever I log on. I think we have like likes and like retweets and stuff like that. Off of the mentions, I think we still have on, obviously. Mm. So. Yeah, it, it's it's a it could be a lot um, when your phone's constantly buzzing. I'm like, no, no I don't I don't want any of that. But um, you know what's crazy about this uh, season series? Every single matchup between the Florida Panthers and the Detroit Red Wings this season has been some form of ESPN game, whether it's an ESPN Plus yeah. or mm-hmm. the most recent one, which is a nationally televised game. I always tell people on my side of the of the feed that ESPN Plus games don't count as nationally televised games because of the you have to go in and pay a subscription. So the real nationally televised game was that most recent one on Sunday um, between between the two. But a lot of people got to see um, – I mean, Detroit's on nationally um, – a nationally um, – a bigger stage more than the Florida Panthers just because of their history, of course. But it was pretty cool to see the, um, the, the three rookies who are just – uh, battling out for the Calder Trophy um, in Moritz Sider, Lucas Raymond, Anton Lindell, all uh, all on the ice at the same time. Anton Lindell missed the first matchup between uh, these two, and just the the guys that are just gonna take these league um, this league by storm, and that's just 
not even mentioning guys like Trevor Zegers, Michael Bunting, Tanner Janot, and all that stuff. Just when you see all three of those players on the ice, at least in these three matchups, what like what's going through your guys' heads? I mean, honestly, it's it that for us that part of those games in the season, especially the last two months, have meant like so much more because like the season is essentially as far as you know playoff push or like the season essentially is done like we've been eliminated from the playoffs for a while so we're we're looking to just play spoiler and beat some good teams and we're looking for those head-to-head matchups in like calder races because we want to see all of our rookies outperform all of your rookies like every (laughs) single like every time we we play someone like that and um no it's it's definitely been been pretty fun and some of them get a little more heated, I would say, within the fan base than others. Like, I, I think uh, the media especially is trying to push, like, a Red Wings-Ducks rivalry down everybody's throats because, like, Zegers, everybody yeah. thought that Zegras should have won the Calder, like, for a little bit there in the middle of the season, like, was more deserving than Cider, which I think pissed a lot of people off. But I think Waters found its level, and everyone kind of realizes it's most to lose at this point. And, um, yeah, I mean, those games have, have, have been super fun and, and mean – uh, honestly, at this point in the season, mean pretty much everything to the fan base. I mean, that being said, though, Anton Lundell, I think, is a little bit of an underrated uh, rookie on the national scale. Yeah. He, so far this season, has you know an expected goals above replacement of about nine, about or about six, which for a rookie is incredibly good. And, of course, his stats, he's got 43 points so far this season, so he's just behind Moritz Sider in total points among rookies. I think Moritz Sider slots in at fourth overall, which is, as as a defenseman, the lone defenseman in that top five core, I mean, just goes again to show how good Sider has been, and I agree with Scotty. We think it's his to lose, and I, I think he's the only, if you go on to betonline.com, he's the only rookie with minus odds uh, for rookie of the year at this point. Yeah. But Anton Lundell has absolutely been a little bit, I would say, under-talked about. It's all been about Sider, and all been about bunting, all been about... Um, Charvis Zegras lately. One thing's gotten a lot of heat here too, because yeah. he's like thirty. Yeah. Well, he, he, he played with Gordy House. So. Yeah, people are like, "Why is this dude?" That's like the big joke in Red Wings Twitter is like, "Why?" Like making references to Bunting's age and like, how can this dude possibly win the Calder over Cider? But yes, the original part of the question, though, yeah, the, these are these are really fun games for us, especially at this point. Yeah, and um, a little bit of Anton Lundell. He's missed 15 games this season with injury. So, um, of course, like I said, he missed the first matchup between the Florida Panthers and the Detroit Red Wings. Um, going back to October, um, the first matchup between the Florida Panthers and the Detroit Red Wings was that first game that Andrew Brunette had as head coach. So, so going into tough circumstances um, at that time for the Florida Panthers, a- Anton Lundell um, scoring four goals against the Red Wings uh, this season. So uh, head-to-head, uh, it doesn't... Even even though Moritz Sider did get beat by Barkov, it, I tell people, it doesn't say the type of player that Moritz Sider is. He still had a great season. I mean, he kind of reminds me of Aaron Ekblad. I mean, Aaron Ekblad is also a Calder Trophy winner from his uh, first season in the NHL as well. So, I mean, just the way he moves the puck as well. I mean, he's leading the Detroit Red Wings in assists as a, as a defenseman as well. So he's definitely contributing. And also with Anton Lindell, if, his, um, if he goes at a 82-game point pace, He's third among rookies in in uh, in points in, in the in for so he his Calder um, case would have been um, uh, he would have had a better case but um, definitely um, definitely uh, more it's more exciters to lose but 
like I said in pre-recording, um, I, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about your conversation on your Monday episode of Locked On Red Wings. And um, Scott, Scotty mostly talked about um, if this team were to go tank, tank again uh, for another season, that means that you wouldn't see improvement from the core. Of, of, of course, Dylan Larkin's out for the rest of the year, Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond. But I think... I think with when you have Steve Eiserman there and um, Florida, Florida Panthers, when in the Bugner years, they ha- they had to consistently play with games in hand, depending on games in hand to um, to win, and they set the NHL record for a, a team with points that did not make the playoffs in, with ninety six just a few years ago. But back to back years, they were picking twelfth and thirteenth. Those twelfth and thirteenth pick were Spencer Knight and Anton Lindell by two different GMs. So my, my, my point is in all of this is I know Brian was more down on the situation that, that Detroit for, sure, was in yeah. for the last um, two months, but I'm thinking with a guy like Steve Eiserman, who's been able to take some salary from other, other teams to get even a mid round pick and all um, mul- multiple second round picks in the next few years, some third round picks to draft of draft capital as well. Um, there's um there's Sebastian Coza. I, I know Scotty was very, uh, very happy about the Sebastian Coza pick, even though he wanted Wallstat at, at first. Yeah, but, we, we had a heck of a night that night. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think there's still light in the in at the end of the tunnel, even if the Detroit Red Wings some find go somewhere between ten and fifteen in the next few years, and who knows who can make that jump? We don't know where the Boston Bruins are going to be in the next few years. I mean, they still got to resign Bergeron, um, Patrice Bergeron as well. So. I think there's light at the end of the tunnel for this Detroit Red Wings team. Yeah, I mean, for sure. They're, one thing that the Red Wings are is flush with draft picks and flush with prospects. They they definitely are a team that's developing in the right direction, and a lot of their prospects are having phenomenal, you know, D1, D plus one years and D plus two years. Simon Edvinson and newly signed Pontus Andresen are uh, Rookie of the Year candidates in the SHL. Uh, Pontus Andresen was a, an undrafted free agent. He's like 23 years old. And uh, they signed him, and they're both Rookie of the Year candidates in the SHL. Then William Wallander was named the U-20 Player of the Year in the SHL. And so, and they're all giant players. They're all huge. And you got Elmer Soderblom, who's absolutely lighting it up with Ferlunda over there. I mean, Steve Eisenman, one, he loves Swedish players, evidently. But two, he loves giant Swedish players because all these guys are over six foot. Uh, Edvinson's what six five and Soderblom six eight, something massive like that. The yeah, dude should be Soderblom. playing basketball, not hockey. <laughs> uh, he's massive, and he's they, all these players for their size have incredible uh strides, they're very smooth skating. So, there's definitely a lot of talent along the way. In Grand Rapids, we have Donovan Sobrango and uh, uh, Jonathan Bergen, who are about to make their NHL debuts. Bergen probably sooner than Sobrango, as soon as next year. So there's definitely a lot of talent coming along the way. My my biggest struggle, though, with the where this team was at recently was that in the first two-thirds of the season, we had seen such market improvement from everyone on the roster. And they were playing probably, well, not probably, but were playing well above their ability. They were beating tough teams. I mean, they beat Vegas, they beat Edmonton, they beat Washington, teams that... Well, Vegas kind of might not make the playoffs, but at the time we're considered to be a Stanley Cup favorite. So we thought, at least I had thought, I won't speak for Scott, but I had thought this team had taken a much bigger step forward this year than they had. In reality, what it had shown was this was the impact that the young rookies 
were having in winning us games, which isn't a bad problem to have. I mean, the guys who mattered, and we talked about this on yesterday's episode, Scotty, the guys that mattered showed up. And the guys that mattered showed up last night against the Tampa Bay Lightning, Moritz Sider, Lucas Raymond, Jacob Vrana. Without Dylan Larkin, they were able to beat the Lightning 4-3. to So it's still a step forward year. I was just down and out because the la- since the All-Star break, the team had been playing so poor comparatively, especially to how well they were playing previous that. Yeah, for sure. And and like you said, we had we had this conversation uh, in depth on Monday. But I, I think, first off, I completely trust Iserman. Oh, we absolutely. Could pick, you know, we, we could have one pick in the fourth round all drafts. And I'd be like, yeah, it's probably like going to be a starter one day. <laughs> like, I, I have full faith in that man for, for wherever we draft. But um, I, I think that for me, it's it's just like looking forward, it is – it's no longer beneficial given the core that we do have up to actively try and get like, have like the worst record in the NHL. I'm, I'm totally at the point now where I'm very confident and comfortable with our pick in that 10 to 15 range. And if that's where we have again next year, um, well, that, I mean, that would be at this point, that's going to be a step forward because we're probably going to end with eight or nine. So like at that point, that, that would be another small step forward. And then if you want to take the big leap two years down the road, then like, sure. But um, I'm, I, I just no longer want to see a regression. That's all. And, and that was, and that was consistent from your, your preseason. Um, when we talked during the preseason about the step forward um, it, for this Red Wings team would be not a top five pick, a little bit in step to, of, in the step right. in the right direction. And there's still a possibility that they could even fall into the top three as, as well. Um, so um, they've been kind of screwed over with the draft lottery a few times. So, but hey, maybe they can finally get out of that sixth pick that they've been in like more yeah. than once. Right. Yeah. And uh, I have some questions I need to ask you too, Armando, about how those Panthers are doing and how it happened. Uh, but first, I got to talk to you, all you guys today, uh, Locked On Panthers and Locked On Red Wings listeners, about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happens. Give them a try. If you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com. Use code LOCKEDON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKEDON for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses. Backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. I'm All right, Armando. Reviews, What's up, way. Scotty? I'm one of those five-star reviews. Are you? <laughs> yeah, shades on, baby. So 150,001 five-star reviews. Well, no, I'm part... Whatever. Are you one of the 100 surveyed for uh, Family there Feud? No, I am not. That's never <laughs> happened to me. Damn. I feel like a joke just went right over my head. That tends to happen here on Locked On Red Wings podcast. Ryan doesn't get references to. Things. I don't get. I don't get references. Oh, we have a question for you at the end of the show. Don't let me forget. Oh, here we go. All right, Armando. So your Florida Panthers are a team that, for many, many years now, 
people have been saying this is the year. This is the year the Panthers, with their young core of all this talent, is finally going to show their stuff and make a run to the playoffs. Every year I go, doubt it, because every year they wouldn't do it. This year, they finally did it. You guys are not just a playoff team. You guys have been, the Florida Panthers have been an elite team in the NHL. I think you guys are first in the Atlantic Division right now, which is just insane. You guys have over 100 points. And then you got Jonathan Huberto, who has 111 points and could quite possibly win uh, that the award for most points in the NHL, which is just absolutely insane. And even besides him, you got Barkov, you got Bobrovsky, who I thought was toast after last season. I thought he was just a, a goalie who wasn't going to play up to his contract after getting paid millions because he had had seasons before, even with it's Columbus. It's a Bob you, you, you can't predict year. them. That's the thing. You can't predict a Bob year, baby. They're, ra- so, they're, they're random as it gets, and, and, and this was one of them. And so that's actually where I want to start. I mean, Huberto, Barkov, Lundell, we know they're awesome. But Bobrovsky, I want to ask, what has happened to Bobrovsky that he is suddenly excelling again? Um, I'll, I'll take a little bit of a quote from um, David Dwork, um, who um, from Local10.com, who's act- an actual goalie. He talks about how he's um, how Bobrovsky's using um, his uh, his body more than just his reflexes and not depending on on that for and and it, and it and also he stayed off social media as well. He saw that it kind of lit a fire under him when Spencer Knight started the last two games of that first round series against Tampa Bay, and it just it just started from from there. Of course, starting off the season, it was always going to be the ten million man dollar man's. Uh, as the starter until said otherwise it's still kind of that way and the the way and the florida panthers in front of them are, are helping them out they outpossess teams by a lot there's times where they'll go periods of out shooting the opposition by over 15 at times it's incredible and what what they're able to do they get blocks in front of the net as well um mckenzie Weger is one of the leading uh players in the nhl in takeaways as well even though he can have a few uh um he turns the puck over a little bit from time to time but still, they're they're playing so well in front of uh, Sergei Bobrovsky and um, the Florida Panthers. Both their goalies, um, um, they've given up seven goals in the last five games. So even though Bobrovsky got pulled twice in the last few weeks with those four goal comebacks, um, Bobrovsky has been a lot better. So it, even in a little bit of a uh, bad stretch for Bobrovsky, he's still finding ways to bounce back. So that's the great thing about Bobrovsky, and he's. Um, and 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 we also got to give a lot of credit to Spencer Knight because yeah. Bob has been injured twice um, this season and has missed missed like multiple weeks. Um, one 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 of them was in early November. Knight struggled actually um, in that first go round. Second go round, uh, it was a it was a fluke injury where um, Bobrovsky takes a puck to the face while sitting on the bench in L.A. while Spencer Knight's starting and misses um, 16 days. And in in between those starts, he still gets. Third star of the month, going 7-0-0 and two shutouts in that month, still after missing 16 days in between that stretch. So Sergey Borowski has just been – it's been a great uh, bounce back for him, and it's just like um, he's the game one starter if if it starts today. Of course, things can change. Um, His playoff record is not the best, and who knows? I might have to old take expose myself um, later in the the playoffs or not because one of our preseason predictions for uh, Locked On – I said that Spencer Knight would be the full-time starter by season's end. So I hope I, I honestly hope that I get Ode takes exposed. I hope so. It's usually a good thing when that happens uh, yeah. when you're a playoff team. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would say so. The uh, I, 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 first off, I love Bob. We, we talk, I talk about Bob all the time. I, I'm a big Bob guy. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to see him doing well. But I, I think one of the, the things that our fan base is starting to do is look at all of the teams that are coming out of rebuilds, coming out of like successful rebuilds and, and are seeing teams that were at the bottom of their divisions for the last several years and, and are finally starting to to go up and up and Florida a, a little bit not not like they were terrible you know horrible for the last five years and then just randomly were good like we talked about they kind of have been ready and waiting for a minute but as far as like the the timeline of your quote-unquote rebuild goes what what were the I, I guess biggest things over the last year or so that led you to where you are today as one of the premier teams in the league. Like what, what recently in the last year ha has been the biggest things to lead you to here? I actually want to rewind back a little bit more uh, before that. Um, sure. 2016, when they made the playoffs against the New York Islanders, they had a, an NHL legend by the name of Yarmir Yager on their huh. roster. My, um, my who, favorite non-Red Wing of all time. Yeah. Yarmir so, Yager. um, once the Army Yager left um, the Florida Panthers, um, these th this core the core of this team had to like learn how to figure out things on their own, and it was tough between those those Bo the Buchner years, and then um, and of course um, the GM at the time Dale Talon um, and Dale Talon was pretty good at drafting, um, but as far as contract structure and giving a long term extension to Mike Matheson, giving Keith Yandel a no movement clause on a seven year deal. So that that kind of bit the Florida Panthers in, in the ass a little bit. Of course, there's the jury's still out on Bobrovsky with that $10 million cap hit with the no movement clause from um, Dale Talon. But it was just about not only drafting the core, because when you have three top three picks in four in a four year span in, the, in early 2010s, of course, mm -hmm. getting Barkov, Huberdo and Ekblad, it's going to be easier to to land those picks, of course. For sure. But it's about surrounding them with the with the talent around them and that's just really how what where bill zito comes into play and he's only his second year in the helm many argued that he could have um gotten the gm of the year last year but it eventually went to lula morello which is an award that's uh that's voted for later into the playoffs so that maybe um, might influence a little bit of voting for um voters but um just two years ago from the Stanley cup bubble that they made to face the New York Islanders, more than half of the roster is not there anymore. So it really was about, um, about implementing some of the pieces around them, getting, um, getting a Patrick Hornquist, getting a Sam Reinhart, getting a Joe Thornton, even, even though he doesn't play every single game, um, giving, getting a Sam Bennett from last year's um, deadline. And of course, and of course, um, Bill Zito's very first draft pick, um, Anton Lindell and just him be the rookie on on the third line leading the way which eventually he's going to move up in into the top six eventually but the fact that that is your third line center as well and sam reinhardt is a top six player on any other team and he's playing in the in the in the in the third line and mason marchment who was which was a trade from dale talon they they traded him for dennis mulgan dennis mulgan's not not even playing in the nhl anymore so but um Marchment was playing in the AHL for a little bit, and then the coaching staff was really able to implement 
Marchment's um, game. And Marchment, Mason Marchment, this offseason, he's going to get paid from someone. It's likely not going to be the Panthers. Um, so they're going to lose them next offseason, just like they did uh, Chris Drieger uh, this offseason. So just finding a way to implement um, some of those guys. And like I said, I mentioned Patrick Hornquist earlier. He's playing on the fourth line, too. So the fact that you have an experienced Stanley Cup champion playing on the fourth line, and chances are Joe Thornton's probably going to – they're probably preserving Joe Thornton for um, the, those uh, those later rounds into the playoffs so that he can make an impact as well. So I do have another question, though, too, because I think it, it is pertinent to bring up the coaching situation that's going on with the Panthers. Yes. Obviously, uh, Joel Quinville – resigned early in the season as part of the fallout from the Chicago Blackhawks scandal. And what Brunette took over, what's his first name? Andrew Brunette took over for the Florida Panthers. And I think a lot of people were worried about the Florida Panthers after, you know, what the hot start they had gotten off to, if they could maintain that under new leadership. But Andrew Brunette has taken that hot start and honestly excelled past it throughout the rest of the season. I want to know where you're at on Andrew Brunette as head coach for the Florida Panthers. I'm not in a rush to take the interim tag off. Um, a lot of um, a lot of people on Panthers Twitter are just ready to do it right now, but it doesn't have to happen right now. That's the thing. You're, you're focused on they're focused on the playoffs. They're focused on trying to make um, make an extended run and possibly make the Stanley Cup final, maybe even win it. So it doesn't have to happen right this second. It doesn't even have to. I mean, it doesn't even have to happen after round two if they make it past round two. So it's it's an off season thing for for the Panthers. And if they see progress and win multiple rounds, it's going to happen. So it's 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 not something that I really think about too much. I mean, he 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 was dealt a great hand. Let's let's yeah, not, absolutely. Let's not, let's, not let, let's put a little bit of context there. He was uh, dealt a really good hand, and a good situation, and and it was a it was a bummer uh, losing Coach Q, but it was something that had to happen based on the situation. And Andrew Burnett since taking over 48, 15, and six as the head coach. Of, um, so. Pretty, pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, record for um, Andrew Burnett as a coach, and he had some growing pains early. I mean, they went they went a few months without um, with only winning one road game in the month of November or December. I forget which month. Um, they only had one road win um, on a on a three game trip. It was like St. Louis, Arizona, and um, Colorado um, um, in that, and of course the one win in that was the Arizona game. But um, they went they were struggling on on the road for quite a while, and then all of a sudden. Now, and when they were struggling on the road and only had three losses at home in the first uh, four months of the season, it was tied. It was kind of tied with Carolina. But now since they started playing better on the road, now we're starting to see that separation. Right now they're on an 11-game winning streak, and they're two games away. They're two games away from breaking their franchise record um, winning streak, which they set back in 2016. That winning streak at the time was – they were in the middle of the pack in the standings, and that was what was needed to win the division. Now, this time around, you're not you're not focused on other teams and and and, and worrying about other teams losing. So, even though the Florida Panthers can clinch and play um, the number one seed as early as Thursday with a regulation win and a loss of any kind by Toronto, they're still in a very great position. They um, and being in full control of their destiny is is and not having to worry about scores around the league. It's a great feeling. Great place to be. Yeah. But we're going to continue on to the next segment, talk about a little bit of futures. And, of course, uh, the guys said they had a question uh, for me. But first, (laughs) uh, we're going to tell you all about BetOnline. And BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting stats and info. Find all the latest sports development, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and start of the Major League Baseball season. 
BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline. BetOnline. When the game starts. BetOnline. So one, what one question I do have to ask you guys a little about futures about this uh, Detroit Red Wings team. Um, What's the status of Ble- um, Jeff Blaschel as far as coming into this offseason and beyond? You're, uh, you're, you're uncorking a box yeah, there. Yeah, you're poking a bear on that one, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, Scotty, I, I, I'll lead this one off. And then uh, you? We, uh, we're not sure. Uh, after So since the All-Star break, this team has played absolutely abhorrent. Um, before that, we were like, yeah, let them hang around another year. They were playing 500 hockey until mid-February, a huge step up. But this stretch since post All Star break has been so bad, consistently losing by five goals, giving up five goals or more. Uh, goals against per game is worse than it was the year they intentionally tanked to try and get Lafreniere, and all of that underneath Jeff Blashill. While he's got a Calder, most likely to be a Calder champion, and then another Calder, you know, I won't say favorite, but in in the mix there with Lucas Raymond, Dylan Larkin before he got injured having on pace to have the best year of his career. Same with Tyler Bertuzzi, who set a new career best. So he has a bunch of players who were excelling this year. And then since the All-Star break, but despite those players individually excelling, the team took a downturn for the worst. Our tunes kind of changed on Blashill to the point where we were even saying, let him play out the rest of the year and then can him. Like, we don't, we didn't care that we were still in a rebuild because it can't be healthy for the player's development to be giving up game goal five goals a game every single game. I think that we're I think since that bit of a knee-jerk reaction has settled down, I'm still in a little bit of a mix because I recognize still we're still in a rebuild. So possibly having Jeff Blashell one more year, because I know that Steve Eisman probably wants to be in the mix for Shane right next year as well, isn't the worst thing in the world. It all depends on Here's the thing is we trust Steve Eiserman <laughs> and Scotty said it earlier. So if Steve Eiserman wants to try for Shane right next year, and that's the reason why he signed Blashill to a two year extension at the start of this season, then so be it. That is the situation we're in. It's not favorable to Scotty and I, what we want to happen, or at least myself. I, um, but if that's what needs to happen, that's what needs to happen. But also we'd love to see them try and take a step forward this offseason to compete next year. But I could also see the argument that it might still be too early. So to answer your question, I don't know, Armando. I really don't because I think both are feasible answers. Yeah, it's uh, it. I, I I'd argue it is the biggest story of the offseason for this team. Bigger than the draft, bigger than what they do in free agency. I, I think Jeff Blaschel's future within its its own fan base, within our fan base, is the biggest story of of the team and honestly i think if jeff blashell is behind the bench on opening night this fall you're gonna have some really upset people at this point it's it's not he doesn't have too many fans left uh and i i think this post all-star break scuffle was kind of the last straw for a lot of people Um, it was the straw for me for the most part and i I think he's only got a year left after he finishes out this season, right? Um, and I, I personally, I think we should let him finish out these next five games and then send him packing. That, that's been my 
that's been my stance for a while, but it is certainly a a controversial and and very hot button issue within the fan base, and it'll be really interesting to see uh, the game plan going forward because at some point you're doing a disservice a disservice to the rookies that are trying to develop by implementing a system that in the middle of the season just randomly started giving up five goals, six goals a night and maintained that throughout the entire second half. Well, and see, that's also – people love to say it's been six years since the Red Wings made the playoffs and Jeff Blaschel's been, been behind the bench all six years. And I think that's unfair yeah, because, offers, yeah, this team was built to fail those years intentionally because we were tearing down for a rebuild. So that's why I've been patient with Jeff Blaschel because I wanted to see what he could do with talent. And that's why I say the first up until the All-Star break when they were a 500 hockey team, I was like, this is what he can do with talent. I mean, they're playing so well. But then the second half of the All-Star break happens, or after the All-Star break rather happens, and you realize, actually, it wasn't Jeff Blaschel's doing that this team was playing so well. It was Moritz Sider, Alex Nedeljkovic, and Lucas Raymond, along with Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi, five players, five players on this team, we're literally winning you every single game. If you look at you know your expected goals for spend percentage, your um, expected goals above replacement, those five players are the guys who were winning you games. And there were literal like there were four or five overtime winners from Moritz Sider, Lucas Raymond, and uh, Dylan Larkin alone. I mean, they were literally winning us games because they were so hot. So this, I feel like this stretch since the All Star break is the first real litmus test we have had of Jeff Blaschel's tenure, what he's going to do with talent, because they've consistently been giving up five, six goals a game. Yeah. And I think about um, when he's been there for all the years, and even though he was set up to fail from the start, um, sometimes players just need a new voice in, in, the, in the room as well. Agreed. And I also think about this. Sometimes the second year of a player's career is sometimes more important than that first taking that jump and you have two very core important players of that core. We know who Dylan Larkin is at this point yes. um, in his career by now, um, leading the team in, in, in goals. But what about, what about Lucas Raymond Mort Sider? Is it, are you going to keep, are you going to, are you going to keep around the guy that you aren't very confident that he will be passed next year? Or is it that time to implement that so that they can take even a bigger um, sophomore slump than you expected them to be? And after th this kind of a season that those two has. So those are the two points that really got to consider. And when you think about it, you think more on the side of they should let him go. So that that's really kind of like how I think it. Like think about I, the core. How, what, what's going to be like you said it you said it best injustice to this core. Yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing for a lot of people, and that's the biggest thing for me too. It's I, I can't imagine that as a defenseman, it is good for Maritz's Sider's development to be on a team that is giving up five a night. I, I can't fathom that that's the best thing we can do for the kid and, and is going to help him the most going forward. So, yeah. Scotty, you want to ask him the uh, the question here, buddy? Yeah, okay. I actually have a lot of faith in this one because because uh, he knows ball. All right. <laughs> I don't know if, if that I were to ask you a riddle, and this riddle was a guy rides in on a horse to wow. a town. Oh, so you know it already. Okay, thank you. Didn't even have to finish it. Thank you. The horse's name is Friday, right? Thank you. 
Thank so, you. Yes. So how, when did you today. hear of this riddle? Literally said two words, but, Brian. But uh, I heard it like five years ago, but I also heard it with uh, John Chick of New, um, Locked On New York Rangers as well. When, when you when you said that one see <laughs> i mean we spoiled it in our own social media platform yeah i mean i don't I, care i win so i got i got i got one maybe two for you okay oh we, oh we're getting riddles this is a change of okay. pace let's go he's not gonna know a, plane, a plane lands a plane crashes right in the middle of the u.s and canadian border everyone dies on that crash well um Excuse me. You don't um, bury survivors. Where do you? Yeah. Ah, oh, damn it. You got it. <laughs> I survivors. had no idea where that was going. So yeah, and, and, and people are like stumped. And it's like, wait, you don't bury survivors. <laughs> don't bury and here's survivors. one more. A rooster lays an egg on top of a house, and it, and it's on the very tippy top of the house. Which way does the egg roll? Roosters don't lay eggs. Head. There you go. You got it, Brian. Luke, what did you say? Roosters, don't lay, roosters don't lay eggs. Oh, nice, dude. Hell yeah. yeah. Brian did get one. I'm proud of you. Yeah. F you, Scotty. <laughs> Scott, 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 um, Brian won. Scotty, nothing. So oh, I got you survivors. Wait a minute. <laughs> sorry, two. Sorry, two. My bad. No, 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 no. no. You already said yeah, yeah, you I get that two, back. actually. Because I... Like- cause- yeah, because he got mine, and th- that gives me a point. So this yeah, is like the Armando Galarraga perfect game. You can't after review change it. You already yeah. said zero. He's got zero. So, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, it's funny. You got a host name Armando. You got it was a oh. happened on the Detroit Tigers. Uh, I have the poster like, of Galarraga somewhere. Look, look what happened. Here. Actually, fun fact: I did go to the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, and I saw the exact base that jim joyce messed up that call on yeah why is that in there it's so funny they have they have the base in the hall of fame and they are like this is one of the most famous plays in baseball history but they won't give them the perfect game it's hilarious so insulting yep uh it's in it's in cooperstown somewhere in there i went there back in like 2011 so yeah so that that that, that's a fun fact about the baseball (laughs) hall of fame so even though uh let come on barry bond should be in uh, Roger Clemens should be in. Um, let, let's be honest. Speak on it. Yeah. <laughs> but it. of course, uh, baseball writers are going to baseball writers. But guys, the hell to die on. <laughs> guys, this has been fun um, yes. uh, doing this crossover with you guys. Of course, uh, doing this with Brian the first time and the second time with uh, Scotty. But for my listeners, uh, tell them where they can find you and your work online. Um, I'm on Twitter at Brian Fisher 971. The podcast is at LO underscore Red Wings. And uh, yeah, I just follow me to see me post about hot Red Wings hockey. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm obviously the Red Wings show is that one. And then my Twitter is uh, at Bentley Scotty. And mine is um, I, I honestly, all of my hockey takes are on our like shows, Twitter. And then my personal one is mostly baseball. So if yes. you're a baseball fan, that's, uh, that, that's my, my personal is a lot of that. Scuddy is also host over at locked on tigers. As oh I yeah, said. that too. You can check out that. If you're somehow a, a Florida Panthers, Detroit tigers fan, hit me up. Yeah. And, um, I'm I'm sure a lot of the um, people listening on on the Panthers feed are Marlins fans. Um, I am I am one myself. They um, Miguel Cabrera fans. Miguel Miguel Cabrera uh, almost to three thousand hits. Uh, so um, it's 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 still weird seeing him in that uniform. I, I will that. 
that I will die on. That's a hill I will die on. My favorite um, Cabrera moment for, as a Marlin has got to be when they were trying to intentionally walk him and he hit oh, an RBI Baltimore? single. Yeah. Yes. Was it was a Camden Yards. Yep. I think yep. mine is the nobody was there for that game either. Inverts um versus Roger Clemens at bat. <laughs> I think that's my favorite one. Yeah. So great, great times, um, great times for sure. But for everyone on the Red Wings feed, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mondoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore Pan- um, FLA Panthers. You're going to see a lot of um, – you probably won't see a lot of Florida um, Miami Marlins takes until um, the end of the pl- playoffs, but you'll see not only um, Florida Panthers takes, but Miami Heat takes um, on the, on that. On Big that. playoffs for the, for the guys. Yep, two number one seeds in South Florida in the Eastern Conference. So yep. it's a it's a great time to be a, to be a fan. So, guys, thank you so much. And thank you. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having th- us, man. Thanks for uh, thanks, guys, and hope to do this in the off season. Hopefully, let's do it. So, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to so be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy team. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So Armando Velez, signing off. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>